So there's this idea, this concept that we may actually be living in the matrix. And what I mean by that is a simulation of sorts. And this is not exactly an easy thing to talk about. But as each day goes by and the more technologically advanced things actually become, the more it seems like it needs to be discussed, even though it may make some people pretty uncomfortable and some other people may not care. So assuming you've seen the Matrix movie, it has to do with the concept that we as a people are living in a reality that isn't exactly real. It's kind of like a simulation of sorts, like a video game. Now, I think that we have to understand what the word reality means in a certain sense, because the idea that we live in a dimension, a reality or simulation could all have the same meaning, you know, the same underlying concept. The question just becomes, how do we as a people interpret this? And so I'm going to try and make this as simple as I can. So when you factor in science, physics, you know, all that complicated stuff, you can still subscribe to the idea, whether you realize it or not, that this is just one of many different dimensions or simulations or realities that we're living in. And as you keep listening to this uh, episode, you realize that it's not as far-fetched as it might seem, and it might not even be as creepy as it might seem. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off in a very basic way. The idea that we can simulate reality in a video game or understand how our brains view things and perceive things on a neural level, you know, the neurons in your brain, it essentially tells us that our brains will react the same way in a virtual reality video game, just like we react to things in real life. So as long as that makes sense, If we think about the idea that I just mentioned, but we push past it a little bit, we push past that limit, we think of ourselves, you know, a thousand years from now, or even more, or maybe less, it's been studied already and argued that we may very well be, in a way, digital beings living in a computer system or a computer simulation created by something that is way beyond our knowledge or our our understanding, just created by something we don't even fucking understand yet. Now, before you think this is bullshit or anything like that, and, or, or if you start saying, you know, where are your sources, there's one Oxford philosopher called Nick Bostrom. He argued all the way back in the year 2003 that thanks to technological progress, the argument that we may be living in a simulation, it's not only possible and plausible, but it's that the argument itself is inescapable. It's been argued that If we are actually living in a matrix kind of world, our conscious mind would be our real selves and our body and our physical mind, like our brain, would be the vessel that holds everything together in the world that we're living in right now. Now, it's possible to dispute this and go against it, and I encourage that people debate on this a little bit more. But the argument is that if we're eventually able to simulate consciousness in a computer, which we now know is possible... However, we're just not there yet with the technology and make it seem uh, and feel just like we do as humans, then who's to say that what we're living right now isn't actually the real thing? I mean, in a computer, it's generally accepted that you would use something called logic gates to help simulate a consciousness identical to ours. It's called logic gates, right? Except in human brains, we don't have logic gates. We have something called neurotransmitters. But you know what the similarities are between the two? Everything. 
The similarities are everything. There's no difference between logic, logic gates in a computer and neurotransmitters in our brain. Everything is the same. And so it's widely argued that if self-awareness can function in a whole bunch of neurons, then it's very likely that it can function perfectly in silicon as well. Silicon's a type of material, of course. So Mr. Bostrom also speculates that hundreds of thousands of years down the road, maybe less, maybe more, you know, give or take, we will have access to a ridiculous amount of computing power, right? I mean, it, it doesn't seem far-fetched. Look at how far we've come now. So to think that that far away we'd have some type of extremely powerful computer compared to now makes perfect sense. It's just evolution. So he speculates that far down the road, humans may actually be able to use nanomachines to transform moons or planets into giant planetary computers. Now, I'll explain that in a second. So if you don't know what nanomachines are, think of what Tony Stark's suit was in the, uh, the last two Avengers movies. That's what nanotech is. It's argued that this type of technology can actually create a simulation of reality and we would be able to live on planets by implementing this kind of machinery on it before we go and actually inhabit it and live on it ourselves, you know? Now, before I go on, let me put some things into perspective for you. If we as a species, as humans, hundreds of years ago, were brought to the year 2020, say four or 500 years ago, we brought someone from then and dropped them into the year 2020, modern day, and they saw everything that was going on, they would be shocked beyond belief. And so think about it in the same way. Before you start saying, well, you know, Dave, what you're saying is kind of stupid. Not exactly. If It's just things that we don't understand yet. Now, some things may never happen, may never come to be. Some things might not be true. And we're definitely thousands of years away from certain things that this guy, Mr. Bostrom, is arguing. But even in this era, I wouldn't rule out the overall idea of it. Because everything is relative. And so he even goes as far as to argue that we may use technology to become post-human, which means transferring our consciousness, our minds, into machines so that essentially we would never really die, per se. And if you still don't understand, think of the movie Transcendence with Johnny Depp. So does uploading a human brain to a computer seem possible? I personally wouldn't rule it out. I mean, it's not possible right now, but I wouldn't rule anything out. I mean, when you think about it, we wouldn't even think about this if we ourselves couldn't create simulations and virtual reality uh, video games. But here we are. We're arguing this topic because we realize that we have evolved to the point where we ourselves can simulate things on a small micro level. So who's to say that through evolution, it can't be done on a much larger scale? But I also don't believe in predicting things just for the sake of them sounding cool, right? Now, putting that aside for a second, all of this makes somebody think, does it really matter whether or not we're living in a simulation? That's really up to you. Because, I mean, some people could give a shit, and for others, it's probably a very disturbing thought that keeps them up at night. So some people won't want to talk about it. Some people are very interested, and some people could give a fuck. So Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, who's pretty well known for the show Cosmos and all that, he's also the director of the Hayden Planetarium Museum. He puts us at about, and I quote, a 50-50 chance that our entire existence is a program on someone else's hard drive, right? And the more we learn about the universe, the more it appears to be based on mathematical laws. And ancient history has shown us signs of this too, believe it or not. But what's even more interesting is that James Gates, who is a theoretical physicist at the University of Maryland, 
said that he found something very strange in his research about whether or not we're living in a simulation. Now get this. He said he was driven to error-correcting codes. Now what the fuck is that, right? It's the exact same thing that makes web browsers work on the internet. So he wants to know why, in his research, they, the, these error-correcting codes were in the same equation that he was studying about quarks, supersymmetry, and electrons right? Has nothing to do with the internet, and yet the same type of formulas came up. And although this can definitely be debated, there isn't much question to what Mr. Gates was talking about, because it's all math mathematically based and logistical. And so the only other major debate that would come up about this is the debate of obviously religion versus science. I mean, you have scientists like Einstein who once said that religion and science are one and the same. Uh, there's people who don't exactly buy into that idea. And I'm not really going to cover that too much because that can go on for hours at a time. But the question then becomes, if the simulation theory is legitimate, and we would be able to open the door to an eternal life and resurrection and things that have been discussed strictly in the realm of religion so far, it wouldn't just be religious anymore. It would be possible. It would be scientific fact. I mean, it's an argument as good as any other. Now, it's not scientific fact right now, but think about it, guys. Would you really rule that idea out? And again, it's argued that whether you call it a simulation, a certain type of a spiritual plane, a dimension, it's very possible that they can all come back to meaning the exact same thing. I'm not saying it does. I'm just saying it's possible. And the labels that we give it is just how we as humans perceive it, how we view it, how we understand it so far, right? Again, I don't want to keep dragging this on for too long, but I've barely even covered the basics of this. But it's definitely something that can really fuck with your mind if you do enough research and put enough thought into it. But the more it fucks with your mind, the more it makes you realize, too, it's possible. Certain aspects of it, at least from our understanding right now. And so I think that overall, we can't rule any of this out. It hasn't been exactly proven, but it hasn't been disproven. And the fact that it hasn't been disproven, I believe personally, is should, well, should be motivation enough for us to move forward in this field and try to understand more about what we can do to evolve in this particular category of life.